Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled covering the Dresden Files. Book 15. Skin Game. Chapters 16, 17, and 18. In these chapters, Harry has to come up with a rational reason why they should not kill somebody that is not based in the morality of killing. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's a pretty compelling argument. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Unspoiled. Show everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn, and her squeaky chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I keep telling you that you've got to add a chair to your Listen. wish list. Right now, y'all, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Don't buy me a chair. Just send me money. <laughs> you know, my wish list is money. Rashawn wishes she had more money than she actually has. So, same. There's my wish list. <laughs> same. Um, I love Harry's response to Gray about why he doesn't kill people, being mm-hmm. more than just it's like immoral to do so. I love right. that he's just like, well, look at all these other little facts. It just doesn't make sense, and it's not very smart. And then I love Gray being like, you know what? You're making some valid points. Yep. <laughs> I really enjoyed that little exchange so much. At one point, Harry's like, I thought you liked killing, though. And he's like, just because it's pleasurable doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's appropriate. <laughs> and, uh Yeah. Especially because in the audiobook, he has like a southern drawl a little bit. So it's just because it's pleasurable don't mean it's appropriate kind of thing. And I oh. really do enjoy that a lot. Huh. I wonder why he <laughs> made him southern. I think that he says something about that there's like a feel of like a southern 
twang to his voice. Not like a hugely noticeable accent, but just like a slowness or something to it. Mm. Um, way back when we met him two chapters ago. Back to <laughs> so long ago. Um, so, yeah, Harry goes off on his uh, field trip, as he puts it, with Grey and... Um, oh my god, what's her face? Deidre. Thank you. <laughs> I kept thinking Adriana, like this is the Sopranos. Oh my god. <laughs> and, um, first, he's circling the block a lot. And, what? I'm just, the, the whole thing was just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, at first, Gray is just like, are you gonna, like, you know, the implication is pull over so we can fucking do our job. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Harry just says he shares a building with a bank. And Gray just makes a... Mm, like, he noise. gets it. Yeah, and yeah. Deirdre doesn't. Does not. This is the <laughs> one thing that I don't really buy in this is and, and i like i understand for narrative purposes why this is set up the way it is but considering how old deirdre is and how old nicodemus is and how many jobs they've done mm-hmm. i can't buy that she doesn't understand the nuance of why to do it the way they're doing it instead right i'm torn. like i think what the assertion is is just that they are so brute force because they're so powerful that they never have to worry about anybody standing against them to begin Mm -hmm. with and like okay but to me it just feels like they've got to know they have they've been doing this so long i would really expect them to have more like know-how than this yeah i wonder like i'm I'm torn between thinking like uh longevity you know and even experience doesn't always isn't always enough to make someone clever if they're not <laughs> you Fair. know uh i also get the feeling that there's a thing going on with deirdre which is which is odd because they are so old you know practically immortal um mm-hmm. and have been around for a millennia that she is i don't like the whole like it's like she's nicodemus's daughter in some fashion i forget the particulars of how that works right yeah i was actually meaning to ask that if uh like because later on she says oh it's my mother and i mm-hmm, was like is it mm-hmm. your mother mother or is it like your like right. vampire type mother? exactly like your sire your or some shit so yeah but but my point is that she occupies this relationship as a as like a child in this dynamic between nicodemus and and also her, apparently her mom right Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if we're supposed to think of her as somehow being less savvy and and uh because she's kind of childlike in a in a monstrous immortal fallen angel kind of way, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I just, like, she has a fallen angel whispering to her. That angel doesn't have the know-how. And, like, I, and also, fine, you know. I, I, and I'll, I'll say one real, real, real quick thing, too, is I'm wondering if, uh, because each of the angels that, that are occupying these people have 
their own personalities and, you know, their, their own monsters are very, you know, they're all very unique and all that kind of stuff. Right. So Mm -hmm. she could, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of dancing around not calling her to try not to, to try not to call her unintelligent because I, I don't think that's what we're supposed to take away. I just Mm kind of feel like she is impulsive. Not just impulsive, but you said something a minute ago about like, you know, how they are used to using brute force and they don't have to think about, you know, mm-hmm. think things through. And she just strikes me of somebody who is just all brute force, you know, like okay. she's just like immature, you know, she's just mm. seems like immature, unable to calm like she has no patience. Like this whole thing is also not having any patience, which is so great about Gray because he's just like I can wait all day. And Harry even mm-hmm. has a little like a little thinking about about oh this guy has done a stakeout or two in his past, and she's just really impatient and like ready to go and doesn't take the time to think these things through. And I'm wondering. Impulsive. If- yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. You did say impulsive, <laughs> but I. <laughs> But I, I think it's because I, I was, isn't patient and impulsive, I don't think that those are synonyms, but I think they're really closely related. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, I was thinking more about her, her in, being impatient, um, but impulsive works because she also was just ready to jump out and do everything like now, now, now. Uh, She's ready to out in broad daylight just fucking manhandle this dude on a busy banking street in Chicago mm-hmm. with cops driving by. And even it's like, well, I guess we'll just kill everybody in our way. And even when the cops and FBI show up, we'll kill them too. And Harry mm-hmm. is like, uh, you said we were on a schedule. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty good, Harry. Look, I'm not even mad at you for that one. <laughs> so, it, but it's making me think about the different angels that are in these bodies um, mm-hmm. and how they are, you know, distinct personalities. And, um, you know, you can't expect all of them to be as uh, cunning as Nicodemus say. You know, right? Maybe, maybe her angel just doesn't get down like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like, I really would like a little bit more, and I'm there's probably information about this out there, but I don't, I don't actually want to go and read this stuff separately. I want it to be included in the story, like the types of demons that we're dealing with and what their individual little gimmicks are. Mm-hmm. Um, because Lashiel's was like the seducer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was the whole thing. And that was part of why she was selected for Harry, you know? Um, and I don't know what Anduriel's is. That's Nicodemus's who's the shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but- what's, what's the mom's hers is embryo or something. Ooh, like it I says am... in a few pages. Um, well, all right. You know what? Now that we'll I'm saying this, there. we gotta. We'll... I, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. But um, so first, there's as we already discussed, Harry like 
convincing both of them that it's going to cause so much more trouble and eat up so much extra time. If they decide that they're going to go the quote easy route, it's actually the opposite of the easy route in the end, because there are a ton of consequences that get pushed into motion and, uh, you know, essentially killing somebody triggers a lot of mechanics in the mortal world. Mm-hmm. And they just are trying to act like that's not going to be a problem for them because we're above that shit. And he's like, right. kind of aren't, though, yeah, because you're yeah. trying to do something in the mortal world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gray says, you know, do you think somebody's waiting to avenge him? In a, he's taking it in a way that's sort of like the... like, you know, a family member who has a a history in the military who's just going to go. And Harry's like, "Mm -hmm." he has people that he works for and he has police and he has the FBI. So like, kind of, yeah, he does. And a team that's there and that will be their whole job. Um, so (laughs) then uh, I have no objection to killing for professional reasons and no need to do it when doing so would be stupid. I thought you said it would be fun. That made Gray bare his teeth in a smile. Always. But because something is pleasurable doesn't mean it is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And this is when Deirdre's mother swings up. This this guy. Polonius Lartessa. That we just met. I just want to say real quick. I am enjoying him so much more than I thought I would. And it's like been a page and a half. Yeah. I enjoy Goodman <laughs> Gray a lot. There's just something about his energy that's really different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have so many predators in these books who are alert and capable and no nonsense. And he is dangerous in his way, at least so far as we know. Right. But just doesn't have the same way of projecting that. And yeah. I find that really interesting. We get a little tidbit. Um, where is it? When they're, when they, uh, when they see Tessa and them like walking towards the, um, to the building, mm-hmm. he, rec- Gray recognizes, uh, immediately he and he calls them poachers yeah and i'm just like oh this guy is good (laughs) yep like he's he's just he's really good (laughs) (laughs) um and and okay so polonius lartessa bearer of imariel uh she was also nicodemus's estranged wife a sorcerer and all-around piece of bad news and Deirdre, he, like, Harry's like, what is she doing here? And Deirdre starts to say she wasn't even supposed to know. And then, like, stops herself. Yeah. But clearly, this is not how this was all supposed to go. And, um... <laughs> Deirdre bit her lip, but then she got out following Gray, and I went with them. And Harry begins to argue with Gray at the start of the next chapter. How is walking up and starting a fight with Tessa any better than doing it with Harvey? And Gray is like, I mean, it's not in that way. But if we don't do something, we're going to lose our target. And that is not, uh, we can't have that. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Things are just going to come grinding to a halt. And Harry is like, I'll tell you what. How about you go and distract her 
and I will get Harvey out of there. And he suggests that uh, Gray do a Nicodemus impression. And we, we get to see the full yeah. extent of Gray's skill here. Yeah. And it's scary. It's, it's um, he, he is, like, I feel like Harry is impressed. Like, he can't mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. go on the record is being, like, impressed. But the way yeah. that the transformation is described and how complete it is, you know, he's mm-hmm. not just looking like Nicodemus, but he's also sounding like him and not just dressed like him, but his posture has changed, his gait has changed, you know, just his whole body uh mannerisms everything is he he, down to the eyes the smug wary eyes he says Mm -hmm. um and a really quick line where just as deirdre stared at him for just a second in something between fascination and disgust (laughs) she also she also tells him that when they get to tessa just be really quiet and like keep what did she say and like don't speak uh press your lips together as hard as you can (laughs) uh because he gets like that when he's angry so uh yeah he just has to like sort of stand there and be a very disapproving and you know irritated nicodemus to distract tessa (laughs) that seems fair to me Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. like that um and I also, what I really liked, too, was the detail. Um, she tells Gray that he has to do it quickly because Imario will realize Anduriel isn't there before long. Yeah, yeah. And I Which thought makes that sense, was a neat right? detail. Yeah. Completely. I, um, I don't think I would have even considered it if the book hadn't been nice enough to just point it right out like that. <laughs> But exactly. uh, but yeah, it definitely feels like once you once you hear it, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like they yeah. they will be able to see each other. You know, they're not going to be fooled by whatever disguise you're wearing or whatever like body suit you put on. Um, it's weird because <laughs> I meant I meant that conjuring like, image. You know, <laughs> I know I know what you meant, but I just now I've got like like a leotard, right? Physical, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes words just don't do what you mean for them to do. Man, talking about exposing yourself. <laughs> that was a Facebook post that Rashawn made the other day that did not go the way she meant it to when she made it, everybody. Yeah, well, I overestimated people. That was really my bad. Mm. <laughs> I love that. You're just like a disappro You're like McGonagall right now. <laughs> you get serious <laughs> come on you know what i meant um, um so they go to distract uh tessa and i work with a girl named a couple of girls named tessa actually there's like two or oh. three of them that are floating around the bank that just popped in my head this very moment so now i got that going for me got a real sound to your voice when you say that um and then harry goes to rescue harvey and we get a parkour moment which he just can't help himself it's it's so like inappropriate for the for as tense as this moment is (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know what? It, I really, I laughed. I fucking really laughed. You got to take your pleasure where you can find you know, it, kids. I loved it. It's in parentheses. So it's just kind of like a low-key parkour, like just between us. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just more like, uh, as an aside in my head, I was definitely thinking this. <laughs> I'm a uh, big fan of writing that makes liberal use of parentheses. Mm. I've just really noticed that in myself. Like, and you know, this comes as no surprise to anybody who listens to the show and knows what we do for tangents. But I'm just saying, <laughs> whenever a book just decides that they're going to like, kind of like lean over and whisper something privately to me, the reader, and kind of n- like nudge me in a mm-hmm, way that almost mm-hmm. suggests that. Other readers aren't going to be getting this information. I'm just telling you real quick. Oh, my quick, God. That's even so though funny. I know that's absolutely not what's happening. That's a I just really enjoy that vibe. I was like 100% co-signing until that part. Um, not that I disagree. <sighs> I just hadn't thought of it in that way. <laughs> yeah. It's always just sort of felt like, oh, I know a little like thing that maybe other readers didn't catch. <laughs> like they're. They're following the same line of text. It's there. They saw it. Yes, it's for all of us. But there's <laughs> still the- a little part of me that's like, is it? <laughs> Surely it's a special <sighs> message for me. <laughs> for me, I am very special. <laughs> Boy, we couldn't be more different. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, so he, um, we finally get to see Harvey. Mm-hmm. Harvey is a no-nonsense man who deals with numbers. And he does not put, mm-hmm. put up with guff and malarkey and various types oh of shenanigans. <laughs> Why'd you have to say malarkey? <laughs> because you know that's what Harvey was thinking. God. Just puts <laughs> me in line. Remember Joe Biden's like tour bus that just said no malarkey on the side? I believe that is correct, ma'am. Oh, God. I was so embarrassed. Perpetually. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> anyway. Um, he uh, is working in his little office, and Harry comes in, immediately fries this man's computer. Uh, yep. Which is just a rude way to announce yourself. Honestly, and I really feel for every time this happens, like, I just feel for that person because, you know, ugh. We don't know if these people have Apple Care. Do you know how expensive exactly. it is? Exactly. shit, Harry's just... I have never up. heard Harry offer. Not one time. <laughs> he knows but he's responsible for it. He's not fixing radios. He's not offering to fix computers. He's blowing lights out every time he goes somewhere. He's leaving. Yep. Like, we get so focused on the large trail of destruction that he leaves behind. <laughs> that these true, little bits true. of destruction just go sort of unnamed and unnoticed. And, um, I mean, not that he could afford to pay it, but, like, somebody should really send him a bill. If, uh, if, if, um, Harvey makes it out of this, he's going to send Harry a bill. <laughs> he is the type that he's would the that. type yes. that would send a bill. Yep. Uh, also, so, so, the dry cleaning for my clothes that I soiled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's itemized. <laughs> so Harry comes in and he says to this man, 
who is clearly, I mean, every, every, nothing about him says, I'm going to get this reference. Oh, my God. But Go our Harry, if you want to live. He cannot, you guys, in these moments <laughs> of grave danger. <laughs> Everybody's adrenaline is racing. He still finds time. Yep. You know, and really he's doing it for us, right? Is he? It's gotta be. I feel like it's for himself. <laughs> I feel like that is 100% fully for him. I feel like Harry. Like, like- I just now, when you said we're in danger, in my head, danger! But did I say it? No, I did not. It was for me. I knew that <laughs> so long we've been gone. That's just in my head playing in the background now. I think that's how Harry works. But the, like, you, well, okay. Okay. He says it out loud, yes, but I think that's for, you know, for the narrative. But you know, I think that he he, he the parkour, for example, that was in his head. He didn't say it. <laughs> right? It's the same thing, the same principle to me. Okay. So you get what just, I mean? He's just cracking himself up. I think so. Okay. I'll, I listen, I am not I, mad at this at all. I <laughs> I think this is just, you know, helping to flesh him out into a more human knowing, you know, uh feel like I'm getting to know him on a deeper level. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so God. he says that Harvey is unamused. Oh my God! And he looks up and sees Harry standing there in his fucking coat with his giant. staff. Like what? What? Who? He says he calls him young man. I was just about listen. That is exactly where I was going. He says, <laughs> "Now see here, young man." This is a man who says malarkey. Now you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> yep, yep. I you're right. Not, you're right. I will not be ordered about in my own place of business. I will summon the authorities. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why, but that really sent me. It really did. <laughs> So there is not enough time to convince this man that his life is in danger, you know. Uh, yeah. And Harry ends up just gripping him up and dragging him mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. of the office. And before they can make a clean getaway, there are two other guys that once Harry realizes they're there, he's like, of course they're there. You know, they're doing the same thing that yeah. we're doing. Why wouldn't they be there? Um, yeah, coming in through the other entrance. Mm-hmm. Because he's thinking, like, why wouldn't... Like, we had people watching both sides. Of course they would have people watching both sides. Like, duh. Right. The doy. <laughs> and so Harry starts throwing some magic around. Mm-hmm. Which is really what we're all here for. He starts throwing a lot of magic around. Yeah, it, it As escalates. As we see later, a little bit too much magic around. <laughs> It's, he goes a bit all, crazy. You know, all controlled and measured. It's a little Fazare, you know, nothing too, you know, wild. Just enough to, mm-hmm. like, get the guys kind of blown back so they can make a little bit of a getaway. 
And uh, then they start shooting. There is a significant amount of gun violence in these books about magic. I just want to throw that out there. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is simultaneously uh, kind of jarring because, you know, you get so kind of bogged down in, in the magic of it all, right? That when someone mm-hmm. just pulls a gun out, you're just like, a gun? What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's such a good reminder of where the story is taking place. And mm-hmm. all the different types of things and people. You know, some are human, some are not. You have things that aren't human also using guns, which is yep, not something yep. you you see often in these types of fantasy stories, right? But, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these, these guys um, that are firing, Harry has to use his, like, his duster to mm-hmm. shield him and Harvey because he doesn't have any of his tools still yeah yeah this bothers me it's he says something about how like you know he doesn't have access to materials and stuff and and i have like an explanation prepared for this so bear with me but before i give that i need to present my argument which is does mav not offer any resources or like anything like that you know like if harry was telling her in the pursuit of my job it would be great if i had some of the tools that get me to perform a hundred percent would that not be something that she would be interested in i would think and and then so my explanation is mab would be like great get them figure your shit out like probably she just isn't helpful Right. Not that she would begrudge him needing them, but more like, well, that's not my problem. I think we talked a little... We didn't talk about that in particular, but we had a conversation about... And I think think it's because Harry had the conversation, and then we had a conversation about the conversation. Um, Where... (laughs) That is how it goes. the, The feeling that Mab wants him to become more and more dependent on the mantle... Mm, that's true. So maybe not being really helpful to get these other tools that he can depend on is just another way for her to make him lean on it more and more. Yeah. But I, but, but I like the idea of him asking and her just being like, nah. (laughs) 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 Um, but it sounds like she wasn't really helpful in any capacity because he talks about the only things that he had for his entire time there was what Thomas could bring. Mm-hmm. So, like, why can't a kid, like Thomas? He he isn't more able to get stuff for Harry. That surprises me too. The man has a a credit card that's good for twenty four hours. You've got 24 hours. Mm. I'm always going to say that. What was the deal? He doesn't have the pos- like the ability to get Harry some more unusual shit. Does, does Harry say something in, in by way of explanation at the beginning of all this about how... Because we know that there weren't very many visits. 
Right. Was there some kind of weird explanation about why they like the why they couldn't get out to the island more often? I don't or was think Harry so. just not asking for the help that he needs? That feels likely. Hmm. Maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe he never asked Mab for any of her help. Oh, I uh, don't think he did. Like, I'm not saying any of this in with the assumption that he tried to get help and didn't. I'm saying that he acts almost as if asking for her help, it, like, hasn't occurred to him or isn't even an option. Mm-hmm. And I find that sort of surprising. Like, it wouldn't be hard to summon her. You just say her, you say her name three times. Boom. Oh, she don't like that And then that be shit, like, though. hey. I mean, she doesn't, but also... She can't really do nothing about it. She's got to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't what? I didn't say anything. I, didn't I know do you didn't say anything. <laughs> That's a that's a. I feel like there's a couple of things probably going on there. I wish that maybe they had been talked about a little bit more, or maybe they will be at some point. Mm. Maybe there'll be a sort of a a reflection back on the time on the island, and he will start to wonder if it was well spent, and maybe think he should have done some things differently. You know, maybe that will come Mm -hmm. because I'd be interested to find out exactly why this had to be like a like fucking a season of survivor when it could have just <laughs> been like an entirely different thing um yeah yep you know like he has an incredible amount of resources available to him and for some reason he chose not to avail himself of any of them yeah you know so uh i'm wondering how much of that decision is is it some sort of weird punishment that he's inflicting on himself, you know, and his whole woe is I can't be around anyone. I'm so dangerous. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm honestly, not... that doesn't feel out of character at <laughs> all. So you may be very right about that. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, okay. So <laughs> poor Harvey. Uh, I know. They are shooting up his whole nice little office and his nice little office building. Um, he doesn't know why. After they get done shooting, he is like, that That man just tried to kill you, Terry. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that so much. For some reason, that just endeared him to me, like, a ton, is mm-hmm. the fact that it's very obvious who they're after here, sweetie, and he told you they're after you, and yet... It's still, like, he's still, like, concerned for Harry, which for some reason just made me go, oh. He, he, it's, it's like he's, he's definitely concerned for Harry, but also in his mind, like, imagine, like, why would somebody be trying to kill me? I'm Harvey. Like, Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. get messed, I don't mess around in, in, in stuff like this, you know, like, this is. It it's it's ridiculous that they'd be coming here for me. So the only alternative is they must be coming after you. <laughs> yep. And you know what? If someone started shooting at me and someone else was there, I would probably assume they were shooting at the other person as well. Because Listen, <laughs> all I could think about in this whole scene is that moment in um Oh my god. 
Uh, what's the movie or the TV show with Villanelle? Oh, um, Killing <sighs> Eve. Yes. And she has been hired to assassinate some dude in an office building. And he asks her, <laughs> why are you why are you coming after me? And she just says, I have no idea before mm-hmm. she kills him. Mm-hmm. That was all I could think about because it truly is not part of the equation. She doesn't care. Mm-hmm. That's not part of it. You know, like, ugh, yeah, so like insulting. She, you know, she's not on some grand vengeance quest, you know, to... to make you pay for she fucking care somebody paid her to come mm-hmm. shoot you <laughs> yep that's the other thing that's so great about that scene with villanelle is even though most of us can't imagine anybody like coming to kill us when we do take five seconds to imagine it we we tend to think that it would be some kind of uh something personal epic you know? tale epic tale something meaningful you know, it's not just mm-hmm. going to be some person paid some stranger to come kill you. You know, yeah. you think your last moments are going to, you know, you're going to get all the answers from the person standing in front of you, you know, like some fucking Western or something. And it's like, no, I'm, <laughs> I got a check in the mail. So here I am. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and that's the thing so that insulting. I think is the most frightening. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got somebody coming after you for some personal shit. Chances are, you probably know who that person is. You're probably aware of their weaknesses mm-hmm. and their little foibles. Mm-hmm. But if you've just got a stranger who's been sent after you purely for money, you don't know what speaks to them. You don't know what's going to be a way to get them to back down or if they even will. And they're going to be much less interested in the emotional gratification than they are in just getting the job done. So it's going to mm-hmm. be much more like a John Wick two taps you know, mm-hmm. or a, a Kincaid, uh, it, it, you know, fired from God like knows sniper how far shot. Away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never even see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Harvey. It's a lot more efficient, and anything more efficient scares me. That's all I'm saying. He, um, I don't want efficient killers coming after me. I want emotional, want bu- easily want manipulated fucking killers. <laughs> Yes. Uh, give me the Stooges, please. <laughs> uh, so, Harry takes this opportunity to express his dismay that Harvey did not take the come with me if you want to live seriously. Uh, and then they sort of make a break for it and go running like out of the building down an alleyway and they are being chased by Tessa who if I am not mistaken changes she has changed by the time she comes through the door and she's like in her mantis form yeah because at that point because Harry is thinking like they have a little bit of of a headway on her but she could easily make that up Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if she wanted, if she uh, ch- chose to change, she would be right on top of them in no time. And um, Harry realizes that also if, because we don't really know what her her aim is here, but Harry thinks right. that if she's here to just like get in the way, 
then she's not going to give a fuck about causing the scene. Like, the more of a mm-hmm. scene she's able to cause, all the better. Exactly. Which, again, gives her, puts her in a posi- a better position than Harry is in. <clears throat> Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her mantis form. I Listen, hate her head protruding from that, this fucking, like, mask. I hate it all. That was really... That was really not a very nice thing to do to people who have been <laughs> folks for years who only try to be good people. You know, we're trying to support this man's writing career. We're buying his books. We're talking about his shit on the podcast. And then he just turns around and makes, like, a lady's head pop out of the mouth of a giant bug. And I don't know what and we did And he makes sure to mention that. how, like... Her face and hair are covered it's all in slimy. And I'm just like, man, if I had like taken on a coin and it turned out that was part of like how the fast deal, would you give that I would coin feel back. really ripped off. <laughs> oh my god. I would be so mad. Like, you know, Nicodemus just has this badass shadow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's way more interesting. We've got Deirdre who, like, yeah, she transforms into this, like, monster, but she looks cool. At least and she's got, a, like, backward hinged legs and, <laughs> and metal hair. That's awesome. How are you going to maintain your dignity when you're covered in goo? And, like, evidently she does. But I'm just saying I wouldn't want to be put to the test. I feel like it, that took a lot of practice. You know, the first mm-hmm. couple times she was all gooey. <laughs> she just... <laughs> oh my god that is i would love to see a short story about somebody trying to get used to the like their coin and the Mm -hmm. weird shit Mm -hmm. oh man because i feel like you know several books back when this is all first broadcast do they they don't get to see what their demon form is going to look like until after they take the coin right uh i they, would assume they they kind i don't of, think the coin can like make a form on its own without somebody possessing it so i don't think that they would there's right yeah <laughs> does that, the coin come with a brochure if like, you're like uh, opting in you know like when you have the moment where you accept it and i feel like there's like a little bit of a mind meld with the with whatever angel you're letting in like can they mm-hmm. project an image into your brain to be like all right look this is what you're signing up for you're going to have a tiny head that pops out of a big head. And there's just, there's nothing else to be done about it. <laughs> what, what if they give you, like, it's like a, <laughs> what if it's like when you start a video game and like, there are some options, some sliders that you can choose. And they're like, look, we can make the mantis a little bit more scary. But in exchange for that, the other slider for goo is going to automatically go up. <laughs> So you're going to have to decide whether that's worth it important. to you. <laughs> what and if then, you know, just like, what if you could choose like a totally different, like, yes, you don't have to be a gooey insect, but the other option is raccoon, which is so adorable that it just really lowers <laughs> the intimidation factor by such a degree. I like you don't even idea. like to offer that one. 
that there's like an orientation, like when you start a mm-hmm. job and they put one of those videos on and it's like, so you've decided to become a fallen angel. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like it should come with a little brochure, a little like, congratulations, you've been accepted to the Knights of the Blackened Denarius. What you need to know, colon. And orientation is on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Right. We bring a set of extra long sheets for the dorms. There's like a giant bug wearing khakis and a polo. Like, talking you through the, the emotions of what your new job's going to be. And I, I like the idea that there's different sections. So it's like... You know, all of these areas of concern, like at LeakyCon, how they had different panels. <laughs> so there's a panel on, like, so your form is gross. And just people who just unfortunately drew a short straw on form. Or then there's a masturbating while occupied. Like, how do you cope with the fact that you want to jerk off, but there's, like, an entity watching everything you do? Oh my god! I like this idea a lot. I want to write uh, this story. Fan now. fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, how the fuck? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't even uh, know how we ended up there. But uh, we were just talking about Tessa showing up in her creepy form. Oh god, that's right. That's what did it. But that's really, that took. wasn't our that wasn't our fault. That demanded no. to be discussed. Mm-hmm. That's why you Butcher put a tiny... But to himself to blame exactly. here. Exactly. That's why you put a little head inside of a big head, because you want people to talk about it. See? He knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this? What are, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> Um, Wait, do you guys do you guys like this? <laughs> you enjoy this? Or are we are we just fooling ourselves here? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, I have a hard time believing it. Oh God. Anyway, all right. So, all right. So yeah. So they <laughs> end up. Um. Because all right, Harry does have a moment where he gets himself together and realizes that um, he doesn't need to be able to take them all on. He just needs to kind of stall to give Deidre and Gray a chance to catch up with them because Harvey is the prize. And right now Harry has Harvey. So he's thinking they will, they will come find me and I probably should stop running because I'm really just making, going further and further away from my backup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they dip into an abandoned storefront. Um, and then things get, uh, things get real. Yeah. There are, first of all, there's like an attempt to make a deal, which there always is with these guys. Um, and Tessa tries to just sort of come at him hard initially. Oh my God. I forgot about how he says cops have better things to do mm-hmm. than get mm-hmm. killed. And, and I had to look that, that one up. Did you know that one? I didn't. 
That one's from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, for those of you who are interested. Oh my God, I didn't know I that one. I haven't seen that in so long. That movie is so <laughs> much fun. I have, I, I watched it once, uh, year, like a few years ago. I didn't watch it anywhere near when it came out. And I still don't know if I enjoyed it or not. I don't. I feel like I was just caught so off guard by what it turned out to be because I went in without like knowing. Uh, and it's what's his name? Keith. Is it Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. That's it. Mm. Who he's playing this like doofy. I mean, yeah, I guess that's fair, but. I just wasn't ready for the way it went. Any of it. It was. It 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 felt like the beginning of the movie was over the top, like the movie over the top. You know the one with mm-hmm. uh, with. It felt like it started off like over the top, and it ended as Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I was not ready for the Mortal Kombat part at all. I got very settled in for a over the top type movie. <laughs> Not what it yeah, is. I need to. I haven't seen it in. It's probably been almost twenty years since the last time I watched it. I don't think I've seen it since I've been with Steven. Um, I need to watch it again. I remember it being a lot of fun, but like I said, it's been ages. Um, <laughs> Harry so disgusted. Don't you? Did you even go to the movies? And the answer is no. Clearly, Harvey does no. not go to the movies. <laughs> Harvey has better things to do, like collate <laughs> and probably sign stuff. I don't know. What are you doing in office? Oh, God. Die slowly. What What even is collating? Is that, <laughs> that's like making things into packets. Is that right? I believe so. It is a function that I never use on the copier because it never works properly. And uh, nobody uses paper anymore. But <laughs> that's but, true. That's but true. yeah, you would you would go and like have stacks of papers that you needed to copy, and you want them to come out in like the little packages, like booklets, like you said, you know, that are ready to go to be passed out. I think that's the gist. Okay. But usually, what I'm would sorry happen I asked. is the giant staplers that go in the copy machine never actually work the way they're supposed to work. So maybe two packets get stapled properly, and then the staples jam, and then it fucks up the whole copier, and then your whole day is shot. That sounds right. That's usually how it would go for me. <laughs> I am always astonished that those functions like exist. It feels like it was so optimistic. And we all saw that it never functioned the way it was supposed to function. And I really... I guess part of me expected that we would have just kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know what? We can't collate using a machine. We have to collate by hand. I wish we could. It can't be done. We've tried. We've been humbled. Now we know better. And then we would just not have that function beyond new copiers. But it seems like we've just convinced ourselves that, like, well, we've come so far with technology, we have to be able to do this. There's, of course we can. And we don't want to face that. No, we still can't. We don't like we never to, could. to admit our limitations and our failures. Yeah. It's like, you know, wishing. I would love 
to have a dishwasher that I didn't need to wash the dishes before I put it in the dishwasher. Wouldn't we all love that? It would be great. Unfortunately, we have not progressed to a state where we can put unwashed, completely unwashed dishes in the dishwasher. Because I see commercials. I don't use the dishwasher. Um, I don't really. Why not? Well, for fear of taking us wildly off track again, (laughs) I uh, was never allowed to use the dishwasher when I was a kid. And so um, we had them in all of our, most of our apartments, not all of them, but a lot of our apartments had dishwashers in them. We weren't we weren't allowed to use them, so I never really learned how to use one. Then I why were you was it like it used too much water or was it like you're just gonna fuck it up or why? Oh no, my mom was like, no, you can wash dishes. You don't have a job. You can fucking wash some dishes for no reason at all. Jesus Christ! (laughs) So oh, what a boomer attitude. Thanks, mom. uh, And she has a dishwasher and she still doesn't use it. She washes her own dishes, like. So I don't even know if it's like just about kids. Like she would just rather wash dishes than use the dishwasher. <laughs> I bet she really is irritated about this collate function. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a dishwasher now. Steve use does does all the dishwashing stuff. I am convinced that the one time I will try to use it, I will end up breaking it. Um, I will put the wrong detergent in. I, you know, who, who knows what I could do, but I'm sure I would manage somehow. So I just leave it the fuck alone. I've got enough stress in my life. I got enough balls in the air. I don't need to add the dishwasher. (laughs) My daily struggle. Oh my God. But I will say, I see commercial after commercial Talking about how you don't have to wash your dishes before you put them in a dishwasher. And you're telling me that that has been a lie. Listen, we have a fair, like, we got given a brand new dishwasher by Owen's grandparents. And we got a nice one. Like, it was a decent dishwasher. And that shit is pitiful. Mm. I I like it better than having no dishwasher. I'll say that. It's not like it doesn't do anything. But even simple shit, like I'll have like bits of avocado on a spoon. And I'll pull that dish, that spoon out of the dishwasher. And it'll be slimy. There's still yeah. avocado on it. Yeah. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? It's you not like what? it was hardened on there or anything. Like, what? You know, I was making fun of her a minute ago. But I'm honestly, I would just rather wash the fucking dishes than go through what you're describing. That's kind of like, I struggle with that because there are times where I do think it'd just be easier and I will just do them myself. Like there are certain things I'll just go ahead and, but sometimes the dishes get away from me and I just have to, you know, fill the dishwasher and hope for the best while I go running around doing 16 other things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just, I just don't know what I, I'm assuming it's just like you, we can't get the the water pressure high enough to imitate the scrubbing of a human hand I would without imagine. damaging dishes. Yeah. But I I resent the remaining avocado, which is the <laughs> softest, slipperiest thing. And that should come right off. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's like Ugh, I'm not even trying. 
just like I, when you grab something that you think is clean, you know that clean feel like it's got a squeaky mm-hmm. feeling. And you grab it and it looks clean, but then it's slidey. Yep. That's not what you want. Nobody wants that. Anyway. <laughs> so, back to this. <laughs> what were we talking uh, about? My God, girl. <laughs> so, uh, they dip into this abandoned storefront and they are kind of trapped but harry thinks it's a good idea because there's only one way in and he can sort of shield them until the rest of the team shows up is what he's thinking right so then this is when we get this whole sequence well first there's a lot of gunfire Mm-hmm. And then she does what you were about to talk to, which is where she kind of tries to make a little bit of a deal. Right. And uh, they have a little bit of a conversation. She is marveling that, you know, the great Harry Dresden would be in cahoots with one Nicodemus. And she's trying to imagine what could have brought that about. And she makes a little bit of joke like, oh, did you finally pick up the coin? And he just says, it's a long story, now go away. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she says to him what they always say. Give me the guy I want, and you can just go on about your business. Mm-hmm. And this is clearly, she's not somebody that can be trusted. Uh, he tells her that we're not here to make a deal. But he thinks to himself, for just a second, this just could a moment. be his out, right? Yep. Let Tessa muck up the plan. Um, he can't be blamed for that. Mab mm-hmm. will be able to save face, and he can get out of this whole deal. But in order to do this, he has to give up Harvey. And he's just not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Yet. And then he may, yeah, and he makes himself feel better at, by saying, eh, she probably wouldn't let me walk away anyway because she's probably full of shit. Yeah, I feel like I remember <laughs> Shiro saying that they, like, had made deals with the Fallen a couple times and they got betrayed every single time. It feels so like... So I think Harry's some, right about that. Yeah, I mean, why would they tell the truth about anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some more insults back and forth. And then... The gunfire stops, and the gunmen are not men. Yeah, she says, take them. And then they start to just put down their weapons and, like, take off their jackets. And mm-hmm. Harry's like, wait, what? And mm-hmm. then they begin to do their their thing. And he's like, oh, fuck. Exactly. And poor Harvey. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. That's like all the sentences. Bless him. Yeah, Harvey is all of us. They are ghouls. And everybody hates ghouls. Right? I'm not making that up. We all hate them, right? (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. It's just like, it's... I can't hear ghouls and not hear, like, Crypt Keeper saying girls. So when you said, like, everybody hates ghouls, it just sounds like, you know, no ghouls allowed (laughs) kind of thing to me. (laughs) Oh, you got a weird brain. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. <laughs> On behalf of my brain. Uh, I mean, you come um, But brain, yes, you're right. We lot. hate ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next chapter is them sort of trying to fight the good fight. And Harry decides to call Winter in for the assist. Yes. And it's pretty fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. He does some shit here. Yeah. Yeah. This is some cool shit we get to see. Oh my god, I forgot that he tells her go away and I won't call the organ man. Oh my god, yeah. He's like like it's got like four different bug jokes. <laughs> yep. Tells her to go back go to back the back to the roach motel. <laughs> Oh, I hate him. <laughs> sorry, but yes, sorry. Continue. I sidetracked oh, no, just because no, I forgot I just, about that. Um, yeah, there's there's just you know a couple of really good scenes of him um, calling up Winter to encase a couple of the ghouls in blocks of ice. He one of the first things he does is use Enfriga, and it just Jesus Christ! I know, right? It's like a fucking mob scene outside. Um. Drops the temperature so fast that there's just a thick fog that just cuts visibility down, like, to almost nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And he's mm -hmm. able to use that to kind of charge right into Tessa, which she is not expecting. Um, And knocks her on her ass. I really like that there is a moment where he, uh, it, like, he's just really wrapped up in fear. And then all of a sudden he gets determined and angry. Mm-hmm. And she gets an expression on her face because she can, like, see, see that yeah. change happening. Yeah. The thing and, that uh, does the, yeah. what happens when he starts calling up Winter is he is, he's like, you know, like you said, he's in a moment of just about panic. And the thing that happens on his face is because he thinks to himself, he sees her expression. And mm-hmm. her expression is kind of like gloating and, yeah, we've got you now. And he's remembering that she hurt his friend. And he owed yeah. her for that. Yep. And it's that sense of, oh, I owe this bitch is mm-hmm. what starts to come out. And then a little bit later, in the middle of this, uh, I think he has the same thing with the ghouls, where he remembers years ago, where he's, I don't even remember what book he's talking, what he's talking about. But, Michael, uh, on the island. No, uh, is that right? Or are you talk, uh, talking about with Tessa or the ghouls? With the ghouls. Oh, okay. The Ghouls is a, a short story that we read, I think. Or no, it's a flashback that he has. I'm sorry, guys. People listening are like, God damn it, Natasha. But yeah, it's a flashback that he has to training those uh, new wardens in Mexico. Right, or, right. Mexico? I feel like it was New Mexico. But yeah, he they get like jumped and two kids get grabbed and by the time he gets to them they've been like half eaten already. Right, right. So he's so that is that 
that anger and that that mm-hmm. lust for for like for vengeance for blood is what comes up when he. And I don't know if it's what it doesn't. It's not what triggers Winter, but it's sort of, it's it's like he has to get into like a an emotional state <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> to mm-hmm. really get in like touch with with the side of him, and mm-hmm. the, and that does it, and he's able to pull all this power out, and gives them a pretty fucking good run for their money. Yeah, which they were clearly not expecting. Um, and you can, there's a moment where they're startled for a second by what he is able to do. And part of me wanted that startlement to translate into them being like, I'm out. Yeah. This, I didn't sign great. up for this. <laughs> but that is not it. They just yeah. go, oh, well, fuck you then. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a moment where he ends up like, um, tackled by one. And uh, where is it at? I'm looking for it now. Where he says he's talk. He's a. Uh, he's been in fights before, and um, ghouls usually just are very unfocused. You know, like wild animals. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this one that's tackling him has got like some some technique to it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he's just like, well, that that's different. <laughs> <laughs> and he's able to use like some things that he's learned over the years. Uh, to to get himself free of it, but you know he's definitely like that. That's not normal. That's not usually how they. I want to know what's go. up with that. Like, is it just that they're associated with somebody like Tessa, who is so who demands better? That she likes. <laughs> yeah, you know, is that it, or are they somehow like? Is her fallen inside her able to direct them somehow? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just curious about why they seem so much more competent than the usual ghouls. That's a, I mean, I'd be curious to find out what uh, is going on with that. And it doesn't seem like it's all of them. Um, but there's that. But, but this one in particular that, that tackles him is definitely, you know, not your average ghoul. Um, there's a fun little bit too. <laughs> They're not talks. like other ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. <laughs> that's really, really good. <laughs> uh, um, uh, anyway, sorry guys. This, no, there's sometimes a, I get a little bit too happy with myself. <laughs> there's a um, a moment where he's laughing, kind of, uh, because he's coated the floor. And it is giving everybody fits. But as the winter <laughs> night, he's fine. Like, it's like any other floor for him. Um, and this this one ghoul that he's going up against is... Also seems to be smarter than they usually are. Yeah. Um, because the way he's fighting Harry is, again, it's it's with intention. It's not just blind, like attack mode, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, uh, then things get, like, they start going downhill. Yeah. I, this whole thing, you really are into <coughs> it and totally engaged, and it's really easy to forget how magic works and that Harry can run out of juice. Um, because he has just 
been so like he feels so OP lately with his friggin' winter powers mm-hmm. that I have enjoyed to a point just being able to sit back and be like, "Ooh, you've done it now," because he just can access something much more intense than what he has before. And now I am like reminded that, oh yeah, like magical force is energy mm-hmm. and he has run out before this has happened. And I'm acting like that's just not a factor anymore because of winter. Right. That's not how that works at all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Harry this, forgot for a minute. Let's see. Too. <laughs> yeah. And he, the, like his, he doesn't have his force rings or anything. Um, and poor, I could hear the change of pitch in each impact as the ice began to crack and shatter. Oh, God! Harvey shouted in a panic. I couldn't see him either, and I'd forgotten about him for a second. <laughs> he was probably right where I'd left him, within a few feet of the wall, and able to see exactly what was happening. Uh, something inside me started screaming along with poor Harvey. <laughs> I love that we're calling him poor Harvey and Harry's <laughs> calling him poor Harvey. That's just his name now. Oh, poor Harvey. Um, so this is when he just goes for it using Infrica and wrapping people up in ice and creates like a, an ice wall at one point with a spell that we had not seen before. I can't mm-hmm. even remember what the word is that he used for that one. Um, and then all of a sudden, I raised my frost-coated right hand, gathered my will for another spell, and found a patch of white blankness in front of my eyes. I blinked, and suddenly mm. I was sitting on the ice next to Harvey, wondering how I'd gotten down there. Winter, I realized. I called up too much power too fast, with too little chance to rest. I'd burned up my reserves of magical energy to the point where it threatened to rob me of consciousness. Mm. But even now, I didn't feel magically exhausted. Of course you don't feel it, dummy. You're the winter night. And he's like, oh, no. There had been a moment... about a half a page before where he talks about blocking a blow with his arm. Mm-hmm. And after this moment of like when he's on his ass and he's realizing that he is, you know, out of gas and his arm, he says, is sending me a weird, odd pulsing sensation. And he realizes that um, there's something coming from inside of his sleeve that's Point. And he has broken his arm, and his arm is the, the bone in his arm is like jutting out from from the sleeve of his jacket. And I was basically done at that point, and luckily for us, the chapter is pretty much done at this point too. Yep. So they are. Um, meanwhile, the other ghouls, because he did the thing with the you know, are coming in because he's in the storefront, and they're kind of like in the back furthest region of the of the little store uh tessa had sent other ghouls to like come in through the drywall Mm -hmm. uh so they're sitting there and the ghouls are coming through the opening and he's got no magic he's got no weapons and he's just sitting there and that's how it ends a sitting duck yeah, so that's the end of those chapters. 
Yeah. I thought about having us read further because the first of the three chapters was super short. But uh, Rashawn and I have been really uh, struggling lately, guys, because we're both very tired and, and feeling a bit sad and drained. And I was like, you know what? That'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That'll be enough. And it was and still indeed, an hour. with our tangents, <laughs> it was still an hour. <laughs> but I just could not resist fan fictioning about Fallen Angel University. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like the addition. Every time that the Knights of the Black and Denarius turn up, I'm always like weirdly perplexed by them and want to know more about all of those workings. I mm-hmm. love that Harry got a coin for a time so that we could see some of the sales p- pitch and how that works. Mm-hmm. But I really do want to know what happens once you decide to accept. Yeah. That's the part I want to see. Um, just, you know, just as a, for instance, not thinking of joining myself or anything like that <laughs> she said just unconvincingly wanna, <laughs> just want to you know see what's going on over there do your own research i want to know what Natasha. their goal is you want to do your own research <laughs> you want to trust the mainstream media <laughs> telling their lies about the fallen angels <laughs> oh that's such a great explanation these people are all just possessed by fallen angels uh all right. Well, now it makes sense. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to say hi to new patrons real quick. This week, we've got Danya Adams, Esther, Mandy Gordon, Aaron Althaus, Roman Weeb, Sushena Jamie, Ginny, Ber- I think it's Ginny, Brendine, Brenda Appleby, and Carrie Gilson. So welcome to all of you. Thank you all very, very much for pledging. If y'all are thinking about it and you haven't pledged yet, it's patreon.com slash unspoiled. And uh, Patreon's been struggling a little bit lately. My my Patreon, I shouldn't make it sound like Patreon because <laughs> they certainly are not. My Patreon has been. So if you've been sort of holding off, wondering if, you know, it's necessary, I could really use your help. So if you, you know, if it's been on your mind, uh, go ahead and throw me five bucks and get access to some Mistborn episodes. And if you can't do that, just make sure to, like, talk about the show in various spaces you occupy, fandom spaces. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate how effective that is and how many people will see it, even if they don't, like, respond to your comment. And it can lead to new listeners, which can lead to new patrons for me. So you're indirectly getting me patrons and helping me out. So just a reminder that that is another way to support us without actually having to spend any money because I know not everybody is in a position to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that one out there. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before you no, wrap? No, ma'am. Just tell people to spread the good news about Unspoiled. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I All haven't. Kids. Someone tell it to me. Someone tell me the good news. Be careful. You have your inbox be flooded. Fuck. You're right. I take it back. I take it back. Um, All right, guys. We will see you next week. Until then, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys.
Spoiled Network Podcast.